0: Hello and welcome to the Place to Place podcast. I'm Claire Dewhurst, the director of City Nation Place, which is the forum for place brands and place marketing. The idea behind this podcast series is to create a chain of conversations between place branding leaders to give you the opportunity to listen in to honest conversations about their challenges, the solutions they're finding, and the opportunities they're exploring to ensure that their place brand strategies deliver real economic benefits. We're really thrilled that you've chosen to tune in and and I hope you enjoy the discussions. So welcome to this 11th episode. We're delighted to have back with us Lynn Lewis-Smith, the Chief Executive of BE Sydney and We are going to curate a conversation between two of the greatest cities in the world, one of which, of course, I know very well, and one which I plan to visit next February. So that's truly exciting on a personal front. But Lynn, I'm going to let you introduce your interviewee, and I'm delighted to hand over to you. And I look forward to listening to your conversation. Thanks, Claire. It's great to be back on the
1: podcast and this time as an interviewer. Um, And when I get to ask the questions of a great destination and a leader in a destination, It's really exciting because I have chosen London and Partners and today I'm interviewing Rose Wagon-Jones, who's the Managing Director, Marketing, Destination and Commercial at London and Partners, who is telling London's story brilliantly. And I believe that's the tagline that that you use, (laughs) Rose. Let's get straight into it. London's obviously, you know, one of the world's great global cities. Uh, You attract around 20 million international visitors. That was pre-COVID. So we're going to unpack a little bit about what it means now. And I know you started prior to COVID, but have have gone through that whole process as we all have. I want to start with the model of London and Partners. I think it's quite unique as we refer to destination marketing organisations in that you're an integrated agency as such. So let's just start off with, you know, Who is London and Partners? What is your remit?
2: Well, good evening, Lee, because I know we're we're different parts of the the world. I'm delighted to to be here. And yes, you're absolutely right. London and Partners is relatively unique, even though, interestingly, I can see that other people, other cities around the world are potentially starting to use a similar model, which I think is, is quite interesting to see. We have been an integrated agency for over 10 years. We actually had our 10-year anniversary last year. And you're right. It is this idea that ultimately it is all kind of a virtuous circle, if you will. So when we think about visitors and students that create the dynamic city that we are, they come, they visit, they love it. Then they go and establish businesses in their own countries. And when they think about expansion, they remember the fantastic experience they had in London. And then are interested in talking to us about expanding in the city. So it was the recognition that there potentially a story that was integrated and linked that brought all the different agencies together. And I'm, you know, I'm delighted to say that actually, ten years on, or actually eleven, I can say this year, yeah. it has been it has been quite successful. I mean, we have raised over two and a half billion pounds for London's economy created tens of thousands of jobs, et etc, so yes, it, it was very different at the time and unique, but it seems to be working well.
1: So the integrated model is the responsibility for the entire of London and partners for foreign direct investment, trade, talent attraction, and then there's the visitor economy piece in terms of international visitors, business events, and major events. How do you work as a team across all of that to get that integration? And, and what are the success stories or one of the success stories from that?
2: Well, I think, yes, I think you summarized them really, really, really well. I think that the, the main thing is that we have one aligned objective and that's about the economic growth and destination management for London and all of these areas, whilst they may sound different, actually are in the service of the same objective. So there is that commonality. So that early alignment, I don't think was that difficult. I think the challenge over the years is really has been about how do we deliver that? How do we measure on the softer side? How do we bring all those different cultures together? Because it did feel quite different when we think of brands like this at London and thinking about tourism and destination with a more seemingly serious area of the trade and investment. But that, you know, that alignment of objective has brought the organization together. And in terms of how we measure success, that's another area that has brought a commonality. We measure it very much from gross value, ad, which is a particular measure that allows us then to benchmark ourselves with other organizations across the um across the ecosystem of um of London. The other thing that we I think bring together is the focus. Another thing that has been a bit difficult to do, we can do lots of different things, but when we focus on particular sectors and particular audiences, and again, there are some commonalities across the different areas of the business that has really um, helped, again, align us in making sure that we're working together. And there's a sense that, you know, we can, the skill sets for marketing, for example, which is, which is the the big area that I uh, oversee marketing and commercial. That we can take elements from both of those areas. If you think of destination and that business growth, both the trade and investment, there's some things that we can learn from each other in terms of approach, whether, you know, we can think of it as different audiences, but the principles remain the same. So that, again, it's, it's that commonality that brings everything together. Yeah, that's fantastic. I think, you
1: know, internally, it's that integration and working towards that common goal. I think that's a great success story. Partnerships are another thing. And, and what I found interesting is you're partnering with essentially a competitor in Paris, right? So we call it co-opetition, And I think it's a healthy, it's a healthy way of working. And we've just signed an MOU with Tracy Halliwell from London and Partners. So we're going to be working very closely with London and Sydney to uncover all sorts of different things around the business events sector. So the partnership with Paris, just tell us a little bit about how that came about and what's the benefits that you've seen from that partnership?
2: Then you're bringing me back to literally when I started at LMT and actually my first interaction with City Nation Place because Alice and I were at the conference literally, I think three years ago to the day talking about this. And I think you touched on the one thing that we talked about three years ago, which, which funnily enough, I think has evolved. But anyway, let, let me go back because... When I think at the time, the biggest challenge, honestly, was that competitive sense. And whilst you can be very rational, I this may sound weird, it may be very rational about saying I can see the benefits of working together. There is a natural competitiveness that we did have to overcome. So if there was one challenge in, at the beginning, it was that between the teams, which was quite interesting to navigate. And then very quickly that went away. But that was, I think, at the outset. To your point about now how Sydney and Lutton are working together, I think that understanding that together we can be better and we can help each other, I think more and more different challenges have shown that's the right approach. But for that one in particular, again... What brought us together, once we kind of got over the competitiveness and understood what the opportunity was, it's this idea of the common objectives. You know, what is it that we're trying to achieve? When we looked at that audience in the U.S., there was a commonality of objective in terms of what the value of that audience was for both cities, and that there was an insight that we can tap into, both in terms of the intent of that audience to travel to both London and Paris. And also their travel behavior, because not all audiences like to do things in a short period of time. And I think at the time, the U.S. audiences very much felt that this in two cities in a short period was something that was an attractive proposition for them. I think the job we needed to do was um, show them how they could do that and how easy it was to travel between the cities so that arguably in one trip, um, they could actually see two fantastic cities and have two fantastic experiences. And that was the uh, the challenge, but that was the commonality that brought us together um, as, as two cities. But again, as you alluded to, there were other partnerships there in terms of Eurostar and Marriott, you know, other people that we brought together to kind of make a really clear narrative for our audience, something that was really easy to understand, navigate. And of course, to book. So it was a successful partnership that we're definitely very proud of. And we've been continuing to be very close to Alice team in Paris.
1: Yeah, look, and I, I think it makes perfect sense. You're two amazing global cities and who wouldn't want to visit both? So it, it makes absolute sense. And talking about the tourism portfolio, and obviously we've been through COVID and I mentioned the 20 million international visitors you had pre-COVID. What's changed in terms of your tourism strategy and alignment right across London in terms of, you know, the economic development strategy? You know,
2: that's, that's a really good question. And, and, and what's interesting about COVID and all of the challenges and sadness, issues that brought, one thing that I would say that for us was, I guess, positive. The positive thing is the understanding from industry, government, everyone, of the importance of the tourism sector to London. And whilst maybe there was some of that before, I'll be honest with you, I think there there was a sense of, well, London is a fantastic city, which it is, but it, it can't just be complacent or certainly just let it take care of itself. I think that we have to work at it in a competitive environment. And importantly, I think COVID brought the acknowledgement of the actual economic contribution that the sector brought to the city and the people that it employed, because the the type of people it employed are the, usually the underrepresented people. So it really, really hit London as a global city really hard. So it, it was really a, if it needed one, a wake up call to say no, this sector and the health of this sector is really important because it is a fantastic economic driver for the city. So, so from that perspective, we took that positive aspect, worked together. With the industry, which we had in the past been not to this level. So that was, again, another positive thing is, is brought a collaborative spirit, again, amongst a competitive and fragmented sector, which I'm sure you have the same challenge. And because it is, it can be a, quite a fragmented sector. Uh, but brought everybody together with this common goal of, of, an objective to get the back on its feet to bring back visitors in our case domestic, which is something that we hadn't necessarily focused on originally before we could move into international. Coming out of that, now that we're starting to see the recovery, which we're still, is still underway, to be fair, but we're starting to see the next thing. What we're doing is harnessing that sense of collaboration and that understanding of the economic benefit that the sector brings to start then running the next chapter. We're in the process of launching our London 2030 Tourism Vision, which I'm very, very excited about. And it's about positioning London as the best experience, both for visitors, but also for Londoners. What do we want the city to be? How do we want the sector to contribute? And how can we bring everybody together to bring that growth, shape that growth in a way that is beneficial to the city and, and the communities that we serve? So, so that's kind of how we're taking what well, it was a very challenging experience in turning it into, into a positive and then hopefully looking
0: into the future. I'd just like to interrupt this chat for a minute. There's so much to take in and learn from the conversation that you might well welcome a quick break. We're currently planning and building the agenda for the flagship City Nation Place Global Conference. And if you're enjoying listening to the thought leaders in this specialised world of place brands and place marketing, then I'm confident you'll want to be there. We'll be in London over the 9th and 10th of November and you can find out more at citynationplace.com. I hope to see you there.
1: I'm really keen to understand as a marketer, and I'll preface this with, you know, we've done a decade's worth of research with the University of Technology Sydney and we know that 58% of international delegates that come to Sydney want to come live, work or study in Sydney and 4% had applied So we then can use that data to hone in on our marketing to work out, well, what skills do we want? So what events do we procure or acquire that will bring those skills and hopefully convince somebody to come and live, work and study in Sydney? I'm wondering, have you had any specific marketing, targeting specific talent that you want to come to London, given that there's such a tight talent market right around the world at the moment?
2: Yes, it is, it is very much so, and I think one of the things that we pride ourselves um, in London is the diversity—not just of the offer, but of the people that we attract. I think one of the things that I think I touched on earlier is that the focus on the sectors that we work with, and one of them is the creative sector. So, one of the things that we are looking from a um, major events point of view and the type of events that we attract is to focus on on e-sport. It's one of the things that we are looking at and and trying to to develop in the right way for for London. So that's part of the attraction. You know, obviously we have, you know, major sports and other things that again shine the light in to London, aside from some of the other things around you know, royal, etc., and some of the activities and events that are that are happening both this year with 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 you know the Jubilee and obviously the, the passing of the Queen and next year with the coronation. So that we do have kind of key events that highlight and bring London to the fore. I've just mentioned a plethora of things from, from esports to other sports like, like cycling or even NFL for some of our markets all the way to the Royal. And that's what we try to do. We try to showcase London to attract different interests
0: into the city.
1: Yeah, I think the the major event side of London, I don't know any city in the world that does it any better. I mean, the pomp and ceremony, it seems... From the outside looking in, it is really seamless. Like everything is just done so brilliantly. We, you know, in other destinations, we're trying to cut red tape to get this done and that done. What can we learn from the years of experience that London's had putting on major events? Oh,
2: my goodness. That is is a very hard question. First of all, thank you to make it seem like it's also seamless because you absolutely know that it's one of those things know that that we're, we're under the water <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of movement and and practice. I think one of the things that London does very well and I think that was showcased recently with the the unfortunate passing of Queen Elizabeth and that is our communications network so it is about convening the right people very frequently, I guess I, I would say, to then understand the impact on the different areas from policing, you know, all the way to to the parks, all the way to transport. And that's something that I think London does quite well so that not just when you're looking at it on a you know, TV or broadcast, et cetera, it looks seamless. Actually, the experience on the ground is as good as it can be. And within that, because there are set groups that communicate and coordinate on an ongoing basis then pre-plan, those groups come together to then do learnings from the events and what can be improved in the next time. So it's having those set coordination groups coming together and then pre-planning and scenario planning that I think is one thing that London does quite well. And, and the one that I've definitely lived through is, like I said, this recent one. And I think that was a great example of how we, you know, we came together with a plan and then we executed the plan quite quite well
1: it was phenomenal everybody that i spoke to just could not believe that something of such grandeur and just you know heartfelt uh on the streets of london could, could pull together at such short notice but i gather there was a bit of a longer lead time but it just looked seamless and it was just beautifully Delivered so well done to everybody that coordinated. I'm sure it was a lot going on under the under the surface. That's exactly. For sure. it
2: was certainly a proud moment for, for for London. A sad, sad, very sad moment, but yeah. but but a proud moment for us to for us to show. Yeah. Well,
1: as a Commonwealth country, we were right there with you. There's no doubt. I want to talk about customer behaviour. So, you know, moving through COVID, there's this stickiness of people still working from home. Our central business districts aren't back to full occupancy. People's travel behavior has changed. What, what are you seeing in the global marketplace? What do you think is, is changing out there that we as marketers need to be aware of? I
2: personally think this is here to stay. And it's about, you know, you touched on talent earlier. So how do we then adapt? Because it is our ability to serve that well. That will then attract and retain talent, not just attract them from the outside, but within our communities as well. So, you know, that just means about having the right technology, having the right benefits and the ability to not just have that hybrid work, but also hybrid events, etc. And just look at what the opportunities are from an events point of view. There is a stance, certainly in London, that a lot of face-to-face is coming back, but the idea of hybrid, what it does allow... Is, is more people to participate. So I think people do appreciate the benefits of face-to-face, whether that be at the office or, or at events. But having the opportunity of doing both, I think it's also understood. And being able to facilitate that, I think, is key. So from my perspective as marketers, is having that right narrative. I mean, there's a question from an office perspective, I guess, what that means for different corporate cultures. And whether or not you can have a strong culture, particularly London and Partners has a very, very strong culture as an organization. So it is a challenge, again, on our organizational level, of how do you maintain that and continue to evolve that in a positive way when interactions are a mix of both face-to-face and and hybrid. What are what are you seeing, Lynn?
1: Oh, absolutely that. I think the the hybrid gives you an opportunity to broadcast more information on your destination to a broader audience. We certainly seen that at the height of COVID when face-to-face meetings went fully virtual. We were able to broadcast Sydney to a much greater audience than we could have if they were
2: here face-to-face in Sydney. The digital opportunity just accelerated. So the fact that you know our hotels or our experiences, our tours, whatever, you can start seeing it online. And the trend from our perspective is that rather than say this is replacing it, what it is, again, thinking back on experience and what we want London to stand for and to deliver, this is almost about the pre-planning. So think of it as part of the customer to say, okay, this is so this is a taster. So how do you do incorporate that as part of the customer journey for inspiration and planning? And then booking. So then they, rather than say, you know, oh, now that I've seen, you know, a tour or a video or something, I'm not going to come. Actually, we're not necessarily seeing that. And I don't think we need to look at it that way. We need to look at it as an opportunity to having another tool in our toolkit to inspire people to say, this is what it looks like. Now come see it in real life. In addition to having, you know, unique events to say, you need to come and you need to come now because this is the opportunity to see it face to face. And and what about the leisure
1: traveller? What new experiences do you think that they'll be looking for? And I, I just, I take it from the perspective of, you know, when we opened our borders, I think the whole of Australia left Australia to go to Europe and London and, and the US and other parts that were fully open. Uh, we couldn't wait to get on a plane and go and, and just have that experience of being in a new culture or a different culture and food and beverage and all of that. And I think lifestyle and looking after yourself is a big one that's come out of COVID too. People are looking for places to go and just rejuvenate as well. What, what are you seeing?
2: We're definitely seeing that. And, uh, but one of the things for London is that in the past, we always focused on international and getting those fantastic tourists from Sydney to come <laughs> and see us. But we have now have a renewed focus on on including domestic as part of that. So we need to make our city attractive to domestic visitors where we think about the resilience of the sector within the city. And I think because London has so much on offer, it depends on what levers and what different narratives we can pull to attract those different audiences. But of course, you know, the British public definitely travels um, um, outside. Europe is, is a big destination for Londoners that's another potential opportunity to collaborate with other cities as other cities are working to um, uh, their citizens coming to London can have that potential collaboration. So there are potential opportunities there as well that we, could, we can uncover. But if anything, it's just a reminder of us as marketers that we need to make sure that our destination makes sense for people as they think about a cost of living, as they think about sustainability. To your point about well-being, there are different experiences that you can showcase so we just need to be really, really conscious and keep up with what our audiences want and expect when they come to visit us so that we can make sure that we're delivering to them.
1: Yeah, I think sustainability is going to be a big one as we move forward over the coming years. My final question to you as a, as a leader um, and with destination marketers and with destination marketers all around the world, what do you think is going to be different in two years' time? What do we look forward to or were the couple of challenges that we might be
2: facing. Maybe we should end on a positive note. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I do believe, you know, definitely on a positive note that people will want to continue to travel. I say yes to your point. After COVID, there was definitely a lot of pent-up demand, without a doubt. But I think the interest of having experiences and And being surrounded by different cultures and different ways of of being will continue to be there. So from that perspective, I think that the challenge for a lot of our great cities is how we manage our growth, how we work together. For that to be beneficial to the people that live in the city and everybody benefits from that. So from our point of view, again, with the tourism vision coming up, there's certain things that we're saying. I think sustainability is something that is going to be really, really important. It's probably business tourism is probably a bit ahead than leisure tourism on that. But I do believe that leisure tourism will come to that. So it's going to be really, really important for us to be ready and get the sector ready for that to deliver and make it easy. For our visitors to choose the right thing to make the right decision, because they want to, but right now they may not have the right information. Or they may have conflicting information, so that's that's a big thing uh, from our perspective. And then, certainly, particularly for London, is embedding the role of the industry in society. I think that's that's a big one as well in terms of how we benefit. The fact that we have tourism and, and a healthy tourism industry in London means that. Londoners enjoy a fantastic array of culture and restaurants and dynamic hospitality that really comes out of the, having a healthy tourism sector. So it, so it is, you know, benefit all around. So we cannot have a dynamic, you know, cultural diversity without the benefit of t- tourism. And then the last thing I would say is that one of the things I'm quite passionate about is how we measure success. So we take all of these different elements and yeah volume and spend. I'm sure you may have heard of those metrics before. That is important because there is a resiliency to the industry. And I'm hoping that we will move to a broader set of metrics that include more, probably more values-based success metrics, whether, you know, all about the experience, both of the talent and employees, but also of the visitors. So we will move in addition to volume and spend it is about these things about promoter score or the carbon efficiency of the visit. So all of these things, I think, coming together to hopefully showcase and, and, and deliver a really sustainable and inclusive and fantastic experience for visitors and
1: communities alike. Oh, Rose, I think that's such a brilliant place to finish the podcast with some really great insights there from you. I've really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you so much for doing this. And we look forward to paying it forward to the next destination. Thanks again. Thank you. Thank you, Lynn. It's been been a real pleasure.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lynn. Thank you, Rose. It's such an honour and a pleasure to be able to listen in on these podcast conversations with place branding experts and and marketing leaders just sharing so many ideas and and really good to have you so thank you both very much and I'd like to thank our audience for listening and I look forward to welcoming you back Rose next time on episode 12